Ole Nation, this is Carlos Reyes, and welcome back to the realest podcast in the game where we bring you the cream of the crop. That's right, the top 1% in the world, and we dig super deep to see what makes them tick. Today, we have a very special guest, a monster in the real estate industry, Mr. Brian Colhane from EXP. What's up, brother? Welcome. Hey, Carlos, good to see you. Man, good to see you, brother. I mean, we were already, you know prior to the podcast uh we were already b- kind of doing the podcast show, right? right we did a whole show so uh but man i'm excited to have you brother i think Absolutely. you are the first broker would you would you call yourself a broker uh, agent broker sure. agent broker yeah, i yeah, think yeah. you're one of the first agent brokers that we've ever had on this show all right most folks that we have on this show are you know general entrepreneurs or um you know huge like real estate investors you know what i mean influencers like, yeah, or yeah. influencers well, try not to let the real estate industry down Okay, right. well, <laughs> uh, based on some of the information that uh, we've been, you know, cho- chopping up, man, I- I'm excited to give folks uh, a lot of value today uh, for anybody out there that's listening, you know, audio-wise, uh, anybody that's going to watch this episode, man, uh, I'm-, I'm very excited. So they need to definitely stick around. Absolutely. You know, let me just ask you this because you- you- we were just talking about, like, you- you're not really big on building a brand, right? You, you already... I mean, EXP already has 75,000 active agents all across the country. I don't know. Is it a world thing or a country thing? Uh, global. Global. Yeah. So a, a brand is, I mean, the brands already blew up. I think you, brother, you did it the right way. Yeah. Unlike a lot of public figures these days or influencers these days, they worry more about building a brand than building a business. Right. 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 Um, I love the way you did it. You did it just like us. You did it old school. Yeah. You put in the hard work. You beat yeah. the concrete first. And you're like, you know what? If a brand comes out of it, then a brand comes out of it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put in the work. Right. Yeah. Make the money first and then get famous second. There you go. Yeah. So I, I, I love it. But, you know, we were also discussing some of the things that, you know, some of the advantages that you that comes with building a brand sure. like EXP. And now that you're getting out there a little bit, sure. you know, you're building the Brian Cohane sure. brand a little bit out there. So. So uh, there's a lot of advantages and, and you know, uh, networking that happens, connections, right? Opportunities that come with building your brand, right? Million percent. And that's probably something that you've been highly exposed to recently because of where you've yes. been and who you've been around, yes. right? Yeah, we can, like, sure. can, well, we can get into that for sure. We can get into that and when... With some of the folks that you roll with, you can get in. You, you roll can, with some of those you folks can get in, too, though. Yeah, and you can get into anywhere, right? Yes, so, we're one um, call away from anybody. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So with that being said, brother, for anyone out there that doesn't know who you are, what you're about, what you're doing in the space, let them know who Brian Colhane is. Awesome. So I am Brian Colhane. Uh, I am the son of Michael and Judy and the grandson of John and Janet and Francis and Mary Colhane. And uh, I hail from the uh, lakes of Chicago, uh, the peoples of Highland Park, Illinois. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm the mean streets of Chicago or the mean suburbs of Chicago. Alley behind White Hen Pantry. Kanye West Chicago or Common Chicago, right? (laughs) You know, listen, I mean, I was all, listen, I moved 17 times before I finished college. Got it. So, we, you know, this depends on where we were living. I was the son of hippies. Okay. Recovering hippies. Oh, explains a lot of the stuff we're going to get into later. Yeah, we're going to get some crystal talk. But my uh, my parents were, so actually, if you want to know my back, back, back story, my great-grandfather was a teacher in Chicago. So mm. he was, uh, uh, you know, just uh, died at 74, lived a long life, was just a teacher, a humble teacher. 
His son was the uh, the president of the Pritzker Family Holding Company by the time he was 52. Gold gloves boxer, Notre Dame law professor, first in his class ROTC. I mean, the guy was like dressed like Clark Gable, acted like This Humphrey is your grandfather? Bogart. This is my dad's he, dad. He was kind of a badass. My, the badass. Gold gloves He's, boxer. Two, yeah. He was in World War II and Korea. Jesus. Killer guy, Navy guy. Yeah. I mean, just like had sports cars, Legend. samurai swords. Legend in the family. Know. Yeah, I mean, the... Le- on the way to his dad's funeral, he hits a tree and dies. Oh, my so, goodness. 52. My dad's 25. I'm two. And so my dad was really one of the early Trustafarians, right? So he was uh, born in 49. He was 19 or 20 years old in 1969. So he's out, you know, protesting against the Democratic National Convention in 68. Mm. He's yeah. getting tear gassed at the Sly and the Family Stone concert. And so he was not following in grandpa's financial footsteps. Mm -hmm. So, and this all kind of ties into the entrepreneurial uh, aspect of your show, but you know. This guy was, your father, he was kind of a contrarian, right? My father was a long hair. Okay. Okay, So if you guys are familiar with the 60s culture, there were squares and there were long hairs. So squares were kind of that 50s military, short haircut, go to work. You know, he was a long hair. He was more like the hippie. He was more like weed and mushrooms. Okay. uh, Artists, grow your hair out. Yeah. yeah. Follow the Grateful Dead. Beautiful colors. My mom was making, you know, dandelion headdresses out of, you know, and anyways. What a life. We could get into And I literally, uh, my first couple of years, I lived in the back of a VW. Van. Wow! So straight up, like quintessential Romeo and Juliet hippies, yeah, yeah. all day long, right? Like the so, like the Scooby Doo uh, vans, right? The old school. Okay, 100%. got it. And like beaches and like with of cocaine dealers in Mexico, or like that's where they were. Like that, that was your childhood, like early years. Okay, like early. Well, then until Grandpa passed away. All right. So now the fun stops, right? Because mm-hmm. you know. It's time to grow up. Well, right. You're 25. You got a two year old, and your you know your your financial stake horse just passed away at 52, yeah. and he wasn't set up yet. You know, he had just kind of got there. Yeah. So I look back on that, and what's crazy is my grandpa literally got about three driveways out of his North Shore mansion. You know, North Shore Chicago uh, mansion, and uh, he slid on some ice and hit a tree and died. So I've always kind of in my mind had this image of him literally knocking over the family tree. Right. Oh, my goodness. You know, and yeah. at some level, at least the financial family tree. Right. Because yeah. we, you know, my brother's here today. We we struggled financially. Now, listen, great parents. Plenty of time. Lots of love. I mean, we got love. it all right. Yeah. I mean, I they were there for me. My, my dad was almost too, too much. He was there. Right. Uh, you know, like I'd be swimming and he'd be yelling in between strokes like. Swim yeah. Harder, yeah, yeah. Swim yeah. <laughs> but anyways. But, um, you know, financially, they just struggled. Right. Okay. So the financial security eluded them. So I grew up food stamps going to the. Um, you know, coin laundry mats as mm-hmm. a kid. So mm-hmm. I really did kind of grow up in the mean streets. I mean, yeah. it was Glenview, Northbrook, Highland Park. I mean, they bounced all over. Everyone always said, were your parents military? And I said, no, they were just renters. Yeah. And they would get kicked out of wherever they were. Or their people would want to raise the rent or they'd want to bring in their friends or whatever, right? So the life of a... So I often say, parents, be a homeowner. It's much easier on your kids. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's stationary, right? Yeah. It's it's uh it's there's more certainty, more security. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, because it, it you're right. I mean, I moved around a lot in my time too. Uh, yeah. from apartment to apartment, and uh, and that was tough, man. I hate moving to really? this day as an adult now. You know? Well, and now listen, I bet you also have a lot of the same skills that we developed being a kid that was always moving, having mm-hmm. to make new friends, be in a new environment, a survivor. So you, so you learn how to 
build rapport fast. You learn how to get by. You learn how to make friends. Figure out, make you know, assess a room. Absolutely, right. You figure all that stuff out. So, in in a lot of ways, I grew up in a really rich neighborhood, but all my friends were the, you know, the troublemakers. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't make the basketball teams at an early age. I played sports at a high level later, but I in my early years, I was you know more. You're of a you're, you're a pretty tall dude. What what what's your height? Yeah, I'm about six six. You're 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 a tall dude, and yeah. so you were on your um. What's that Olympic uh, Michael uh, the swimmer Phelps? Michael Phelps, he's like six six, and he was dude. A I was uh, I was junior Olympic swimmer. I was well on my way, and then I ended up quitting all that. But that's a whole nother story. But did you become but, a hippie or something? No, or? I actually. It's funny. I uh, <laughs> this was in the eighties, and I was swimming, and I was like literally like in before school after school all summer all day all night all day all night. Mm -hmm. like i was not a kid i was like one of those olympic skaters or olympic gymnasts mm -hmm. you know i was just all day all night swimming i would literally cry as i was swimming like i hate swimming right that and, happens. um but i was good you were probably pretty damn good i was really i was yeah. the best and so so my dad really wanted me to swim and I, all my friends kept asking me hey did you see night rider hey did you see the a team last night and this is back before Devo and, you mm -hmm. know, or TiVo or all that. You know, yeah. you, if, you did, if you missed it, you missed it. Yeah. You know, if you didn't catch it Thursday night, there were no reruns. Yeah. Right? So I was finally like, I got to see what this A-team's all about. So I quit swimming to watch TV. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> but I was burnt out. Ever... You know what? I was burnt out. It, it goes back to my dad just. Too much. Know, too much. Too, too uh, much. Too he, soon. He was, too he young. Pushing, uh, pushing hard. Yeah. He wanted it more than I did. Um. By the way, I could relate. Yeah. Um, not on my side because you know my my mother had to work two to three jobs, so she never made anything that I when I won principal's award when I won. Uh, she was working. You know, she was just working. Right. So, you know when I had basketball. Now, games, how does football. a little kid interpret that though? Oh man, it's tough. Not it's, there for me. It, it, and she's thinking I'm there for you because I'm busting ass working two jobs. That that was that was her love being language. There for you. That was her love language, really right? Uh, your father's love language is actually the greatest love language, like Coming time, to, time, time, Coming every practice, right? every weekend. Right. So the reason why I can relate to that, because I've been with my wife since uh, we were teenagers okay. and I met her playing softball and her father, she was, by the way, she was an all state softball player, yeah. like 5A region, you know, 5A yeah. Metro, third base, all state. Right. Yeah. Um, she quit right after high school. She had different scholarships to go to different places. Yeah. And she as soon as, as soon as she got out of high school, she was 18 years old, she's like, I quit. Because she was playing for someone else. She was playing for dad. She dad was play. dad she was getting her up for probably 10 years at four or five well, in the morning. You played, I played at a yep. high level. How many guys did we see go through that same experience? Because their dad pushed them in. They were but, good. But what you know what was crazy, right? Because we everybody wants what they can't have, yeah. right? Somebody like me would have been like, man, I wish I would have had a father that was Push pushing me. me. Yeah. I would have probably been the greatest. Yeah, see, but, I'm over here wishing I had a rich like, dad that was always working. Yeah. You see what I'm saying, right? So it's like, damn, like maybe the happy medium. Yeah, I, I think. I think we both, by the way, I've seen the way that you carry yourself with your family. Yeah. And um, that's one of the biggest things that I respect about you because you. I know how much work it takes to be a present father yeah. and a present husband. And not too present. You know what I mean? Because that's my struggle, right? Exactly. Like, I want to do what my dad You're did like, and, like, over smother yeah. and, mm -hmm. like, helicopter dad and don't do this and watch out. <laughs> and... But, you know, I, I think these days, brother, maybe, maybe not back then, but these days I feel like children need more physical time from their parents than any For other sure. era. Remember, back then it was always physical. And by like, the way, not this. 
hey, that's what doing? I'm trying to tell hey, you, brother. My... Hey, everybody good? Because they they actually have done studies, and kids will feel a sense of abandonment. Yeah, with their parents sitting right next to them on their phone. On they're on their phone, and then they're on so their they iPad. Do the same thing, right? Right. Like I've witnessed in the that same universe. I've witnessed that with my uh, my own three year old. Guilty of that. You know, uh, it well you, know. you can't really this is something that every parent needs to know like you you can't get away from that that's yeah. just the world today right no. but i feel like you can try to create a balance right and sure. like something that offsets i'll give you an example my three-year-old knows how to play roblox yeah and she's always like want to play roblox with me dad i'm like i don't know and i try and she's way better than me right. she's a three-year-old which is a little embarrassing it's not an by, easy the game, by the way yeah, so she knows how to do all that. I know, but you know what I'll do is like yesterday, and uh, you can ask some of my crew here. I'm like, babe, I feel great. I'm coming home. Get the kids ready. Yeah. I'm gonna play with them. Yeah, you see I'm what I'm saying? Down. I'm gonna get on the floor. It, We're gonna play some Legos. So, see, when I feel great, kinetic. By the way, that's something that man, I can't wait to get into all this because I know you yeah, know what I mean. A lot of energy. I remember when when I felt when I felt great. I'm like, I feel great. I want to go do something for myself. I want to go work my ass off. I want to go to the gym, right? I want to go, you know, network, get into a lunch, get into a dinner. No, now it's like, I feel great. I want to put that Pour time and kids. energy into my children. That's great, man. That that recently changed, that. by the way. That yeah. recently changed, Good. by the way. You see what I'm saying? I'm copy that. For sure, brother, for sure. And, and, and by the way, that was one of the biggest, and we're going to get into spirituality and emotion, but that was one of the biggest blockages that I had as a parent. You know, like, I... Couldn't I wasn't a present father and it, it, and it subconsciously was eating at me. Yeah, like hey, you're a rock star here and you're a rock star it's here. So you know, challenging. I mean, I don't know if you ever heard the song "Cats in the Cradle." Mm -mm. Remember that song? Cats in that? the Cradle and the Silver Spoon. I have. Yeah, I have. Okay, yep, so yep. there's the whole song, dude. And I mean, if you want to come to tears, listen to that freaking song. I mean, if you, someone played it right now, I would come to tears. Put it into the post. But mm, um, right. but uh, the whole thing is about you know the kids going. Uh, dad, when you coming home, you know, I want to hang out with you. And he's like, well, I'll, I'll soon son. Mm. And then the whole thing flips. And now the son's the dad and he's mm. doing the same thing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's real, man. Uh, let me tell you why, because my three-year-old, um, yesterday, you know, every time that she asks myself or she asks me to pick her up and put her over my shoulders all yeah. the time. And guess what? Nine out of 10 times. I do it. No, oh, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Most dads are busy. Not me. Right. Nine out of 10 times, I'll do it. Good. And yesterday, Even same thing. Even when you thing. don't want to. I, bro, I did, it this, I did it this morning. <laughs> right. Like, like right, before here getting here, oh, dude, I spent like two yeah. hours with my three-year-old. Yeah. Like I spent, because I know she's not going to be three anymore yeah. at some point, right? But watch this. Last night, it was time to go to bed. And my wife puts the, the kids uh, to bed around 830 to 9. And my three-year-old goes, mom, 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 can you carry me? You know, can you carry me? And then my wife, without hesitation, even though she was super sore from her workout, right? We both looked at each other and I said, and she's like, I got you, baby. So she picks her up. I said, yeah. hey, babe, one day, because we already have a nine-year-old. I'm like, you know, one day, baby, we're not going to be able to carry her yeah. anymore. You know what I mean? That's so it. so that that's the way, you know, that's like my six-year-old always wants to come into our bed. And listen, she beats me up. She kicks me. Do she it. hurts Let me. Let it happen. Most nights I do. There kept a couple nights off, but I occasionally we'll put our foot down. But I mean, I said to my wife the same thing. Oh, pretty soon she's not going to want anything to do with this, and it's yeah. going to be real soon. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, man, we're going to get into fatherhood a lot because I can already see that, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, commonalities there. So back to that story, I mean, to to bring it all home, I mean, I felt like this, and and long before I heard Grant Cardone's phrase, success is your duty, I sort of felt this obligation to like restore my family tree back on its financial path, right? Where grandpa had sort of left it, right? Had grandpa lived, I mean, he'd probably be, you know, I mean, president of the Pritzker family, and they're some of the richest people on the planet. And mm. he was the president of their, their holding company when he was Jeez. 52 years old in Chicago. Yeah. Um, I don't know where our family would be financially had he lived. Right? He, he passed off 52? 50, he hit a tree. He crashed his car into a tree. And Jeez. on the way to his dad's funeral. So the irony, right? Uh, unbelievable. And, and so then my dad passed away. So my, my grandpa passed away at 52. My dad passed away at 63. Sim- similar to your father, kind of just, you know, death by a thousand cuts, wasn't taking care of himself, kidney issues, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And so my, you know, I, I got to at least live to 74, right? That's kind of You want to beat everybody yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Continue the trend, yep, right? Yeah, But that's been why I've been so focused on health because, mm-hmm. you know, now that we've achieved financial success and we have achieved the dream through, you know, creating EXP and building our business in, in the real estate space, you know, health is now the number one focus. Absolutely. You know, I, got a, I got a lot of reasons to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, three really cute ones and a couple million green ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to die young. Absolutely. So let me ask you this, brother. Um, what was your first, and we ask this question to every entrepreneur that sits on that chair. What was your first entrepreneur venture? <sighs> okay, great question. Um, you know, I always felt like I was trying to, because we were poor, right? So I wasn't making money. I mean, you know, I could obviously say, uh, digging through, um, you know, cigarette machine, uh, return slots, or I used to know how to twist the caps off of the old uh, laundry machines and pull up the whole unit and dig for quarters under it. So I, if there was a quarter anywhere within like six square miles, I was finding it. Right. Oh my goodness. Okay. So that was probably my original. Cause I was a video game. So you freak. always knew how to find money. I was a video game freak. So I was no. always begging for quarters, asking the bartender. My dad would always play softball. Right. So we'd always go back to the bar after the men's softball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, and they played 16 inch in Chicago, right, mm-hmm. without gloves. And so we'd always go back to the bars, and I was best friends with the bartender. All I want to do is play video games. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for quarters, looking for quarters. So that was probably my first hustle. But then my second hustle was probably scalping tickets at Ravinia Festival. Mm-hmm. So which Ravinia? This Festival? is more of a. I wouldn't say this was entrepreneurial. This is more of like a criminal criminal enterprise, right? It's more of a racket. Yeah. But we were just uh, sneaking in because we live right next to this like music festival. Yeah. Right? So we just had all these holes in the fence and we were little kids in like fourth or fifth grade. So we just sneak in and they were, you know, I mean, this was their own fault, right? Mm-hmm. They would give you tickets when you left and to re-enter. So they were like re-entry tickets. And so we figured out, well, hey, if I yep, three or four in, exits, right? Yeah. I mean, I just did the math, man. Yeah. I was just adding up. I go, well, listen, if I could leave five exits, that's me and my buddy, that's 10 tickets. We could go out and sell these for a buck cheaper than face. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I mean, people didn't care. They'd buy them or they'd say, hey, how do I know these are real? And i say, I'll walk you up to the fence, sir. Yeah. So we had a little customer service. And, yeah. You know, and then we'd run over to candy store and blow, you know, blow our money on. That's why I have so many cavities. <laughs> <laughs> well, plus back then it was, uh, it was difficult to, like, produce fake tickets. Like nowadays, you know, it's pretty well, easy. Well, so by the way, now yeah. what do you get when you walk out? You get the stamp. Yeah. Right now it's not now even you gotta, the stamp. Now you it's the, and then you gotta... it's the hologram stamp because yeah. the people figured that move out. So it's oh, always yeah. the like radar and radar detector, right? You know, For we sure. were just finding the angles and then yeah. they'd, they'd cut that loophole off and we'd find another one. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um. So 
prior to that was probably more of a childhood hustle. Yeah, right? childhood which is, hustle, which is great. Then, um, as an adult, what were some of the things? I mean, you said you went to college. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, where did you go? What did you try to major, or did you major? You know, so again, as a hustler, and again, my dad said to me very early age said, you know, we're not be able to afford to send you to college, so you're gonna have to get a scholarship. I wasn't a great student. I was a decent athlete. I was a tall kid. Um, I used to carry golf bags. I worked uh, as a busboy at that same revenue. Eventually, I went legit and uh, started washing <laughs> dishes. Um, and that you was know, your karma, by the you way. Know, right? and then, and right. then I spent a long time in the caddying, uh, we'll call it the uh, uh, golf services industry, and um, also the wait waiter in I Chicago waiter for a long time. Yeah, all over. So I waited uh, down in Louisville when I went to college. I, I waited in Northbrook. I mean, all over. wherever I was, I, I knew I, I even came out to Arizona. And my first job was I went and applied at EVs. Let, let me ask you this, because um, you said you were uh, a caddy. Yeah. Right. I'm not a golfer. Yeah. Uh, I've golfed once or twice, but do million do million dollar conversations really happen on the golf course? So I well, what do. is this whole saying? So sure, yeah, the best deals will get cut on. Well, here's why golfing is powerful because uh, number one, if you're a salesperson, you know you have now a four hour uh, interview or a four hour sales pitch opportunity with an undivided atten- you know audience. So if you can get someone to golf with you, you got them for four hours. Jeez. Right. That, so, that's 18 holes. So, right? right. So that's okay. a lot of talking, you know, I'm more of a nine hole kind of guy. Absolutely. And so, but, um, also, you know, sports, um, you know, and I, and I, again, caddy for a long time, I, I used to get into golf a lot. Um, you know, there's a saying the golf bears the soul. Right, so if you play a round of golf with someone, you can tell a lot about their personality. Really? Do they cheat? You know, do they cuss after they hit a bad shot? Are they are they in control of their emotions? Are they poised? Do they follow the etiquette? Do they cut corners? What if they just have fun and make fun of themselves? Who knows? It depends on what you're looking for in a business partner or a okay. client or a customer, right? Yeah. So if, I'll give you a great example. One of my clients was an accountant, a, a guy named Mark Goldstick. Mm-hmm. Great client, great great guy. Uh, he was a top uh, uh, financial uh, sports attorney in Chicago, um, and. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I'm showing him houses, you know, great guy. And, and uh, you know, he uh, said something very similar, right? I mean, he basically uh, said, um, shit, remind me what we were talking about. Golfing. Uh, your, your guy. Uh, he you said he tell. never takes a mulligan, never does a redo, and never takes a gimme. You know how, like, your putt's close, you can say, hey, that's good, pick it up. You're good. You don't have to. He goes, no, I always Don't finish it. it. He yeah. always finishes. And I'm like, why do you always finish? He goes, man, I'm an accountant. We're all about not cutting corners. And mm-hmm. if I cut corners in golf, what does that say to my clients? Yep. yep. So he f- finishes every putt. Wait, but was he good or he bad? He was good. Oh, okay. But okay, what I'm well, saying that, is he, he you held don't himself me, accountable. You don't want me not picking up I'm the telling golf, you, though. when you're in the bushes and nobody's looking and you have a chance to kick that ball out a little bit, the question is, are you going to do it or not? Never. And he was one of these guys who just didn't cheat, didn't. Yeah. You know, didn't even take the gimme, right? Yeah. Which is like standard. That's yeah, standard. yeah. So it's kind of uh, it goes back to that old saying, right? Uh, do uh, do anything like you do everything. Right. Do anything like you do everything. Yeah. So it's uh, integrity. It's authenticity. Yeah, that's you know? that, that's uh, that's very admirable. Yeah. Um, plus, but maybe, that's why golf is powerful because you get to know somebody quickly and you release endorphins and the whole chemical interplay and all that stuff. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, EXP, man. Let's talk about what's going on with EXP. I keep hearing EXP, EXP, EXP. Taking over. Yeah, that's like, you know, 75, (laughs) one city at a time, right? Um, uh, One country. One country at a time. So uh, everywhere I look now, it's like becoming, you know, the biggest 
agency yes. in the world. Yes. What's, what's going on with yeah. EXP, man? You know, what and, changed the game? Yeah, so great question. You know, again, um, you know, if I'm good at one thing and if I've been lucky or fortunate in one aspect, it's recognizing really smart people or people who have mastery or some sort of expertise, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, I did it in basketball. I did it in sports. I would always find people who were doing better than me. You know, we do this in business. You do this uh, all real estate. You, you're good at finding the who. You find someone who's doing it, and, the, and you know, you're, you're going to ask me for some business advice, and uh, maybe I, I might be getting ahead of myself, but, uh, but I do believe a lot of success can be attributed to who you surround yourself with. I mean, Absolutely. it's a little cliche at this point, but but it's a true. It's about as true a statement as I can think of because, you know, I mean, I'm not that smart. I'm not that good of an agent. I'm not, you know, I'm not great at anything, but I've surrounded myself with really, really talented people. And I continue to seek out even the bigger and better and more talented people. And if they don't come work with me or for me, I'll have them coach me. Mm -hmm. I think you got to give yourself a little more credit. Well, you know? okay, fine. But it's, a lot of yeah. it has to do with me consistently seeking out mastery, surrounding myself with mastery, absorbing the mastery. Mm -hmm. Then the but what most people and a lot of people are good at that, Carlos. You know, we you're good at that too, right? No. But what what you and I separates you and I from the rest of the people is the next phase, and that's we implement the mm -hmm. mastery. Yep. Application. Yeah. Because if you don't implement it or take action, it's wasted talent. It's, yeah. So the difference between knowledge and understanding is, you know, understanding is knowing and not doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is knowing and doing something about it. Knowledge, in my opinion, comes from experience. Like actually applying and you know getting yeah hands you're not there, gonna you, know. you can have all the theories in the world until you actually do it it's just like in boxing they say you know your 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 fight plan goes out the window so you get hit in the face Mike Tyson right <laughs> yeah exactly everybody has a plan until they get, get punched, punched in the, in the mouth face, right? in the mouth that's right. right that's what he says it's, um, it's funny that you bring that up I just recently read a book um, it's called the next uh, next five moves by Patrick B David okay and something that he talked about that will always stick with me is uh, his um, it's called a T uh, W a um, experience uh, level right so uh, T theory right okay. theory like you said you know uh, a lot of folks you know they're out there and they become they try to become experts by reading consuming watching yes. right yes um, that's theory. Yeah. You know, that's, yes. you become a theory expert, right? Academic. Academic yeah. going to school, yes. right? They just, um, it's all theory. The next thing is witness. Okay. Right. Uh, Wozniak, that's his last name. The, yep. the, 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 the guy with Steve Jobs, yep. right? His partner or understudy. The, the real techie. What, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wozniak. Um, you know, a lot of people give, uh, the fact that he was next to Steve Jobs, you know, they give that credit that he became a, a, such a big entrepreneur, right? Yeah. He went from like little techie dude to like, yeah. you know, huge mo mogul, right? For sure. So witness, you are around people, right. right? Experts, you know, and, and, and then you get to witness all that. And then that becomes part of your DNA. You absorb it. Right. Yeah, and then, uh, a, which is application, you know, people like you and me who sometimes don't even know about theory. Right, are never around the right people, but we just make rough draft moves. Yeah. We get out there and we figure it out. And I'll give you the example, right? Yes. Yesterday we were talking to, to some of our media team and we're trying to get this new project going where we're, um, we're out there in the street and we're like helping some folks out with certain things, especially sure. in my own neighborhood. And we're sitting there kind of trying to plan the whole thing. I said, you know what, guys? Let's just get out there and I promise like we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, like we'll get yeah. out there and we'll, you know, and, and I feel like nine out of 10 people 
they get stuck there. Analysis yeah. paralysis. Yeah. You know, they're, they're too busy. No, they want to have the master plan. They want to have the master plan. And then this, um, and, and they got to be guaranteed things, and triple checked. And is, is this going to work right? Because I don't want to fail. And then that, it never, it never you happens. Have, you know why? You, because we've had enough failure that it doesn't even, now we're numb to failure. I can, I can tell you this. Do you know how many business plans in my late teens and my early 20s I put together that none of them came true? Yeah. One of them was uh, opening up a gelato spot. Well, here. You know? All right. So, so, so you, <laughs> you asked know, me earlier, then, what's up with EXP? Yeah. Well, by the way, uh, a little known fact, Glenn started 16 companies before EXP. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, yeah. do you, you, you've probably seen that Abraham Lincoln, you know, ran for Senate. Didn't yeah. get elected, got this, and missed, failed, missed. I mean, it was like 25 failures and then got elected president, Yeah, right? You know, it's very similar to Glenn. Like, no. And I'm f- similar. My wife and I were just talking about this on our walk yesterday morning, um, which we do this new Beat the Sun, BTS, right? We try and beat the sun up every morning. And uh, we're I like walking. that. Beat and, the sun. You know, I grew up in a very affluent neighborhood. A lot of my friends' parents were the presidents of Pepsi, the presidents of Allstate, the owners of, you know. Successful people. Uh, the, I mean, literally, these, these, a lot of my best friends, you know, were their dads were the presidents of the Chicago Bulls, and they'd sit front row courtside, wow. and I'd be up in 300 if maybe I even got to the game. With right? the pigeons. A million percent. So, so you know, I'm just like, uh, you know, so all my friends, you know, they gra- they went to the big schools, they graduated, they made more money, they went to the big firms, they got the big cushy jobs, da, 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 and then kind of like- Plateau. And then, and then they just like got in their 30s, they started having kids, and then maybe they lost their job, and they got a divorce, and they're like doing this, right? No. But they like, it's always been up. Mm-hmm. You know, from like the day they got, you know, born, it was just kind of like, here you go, here you go, here you go, here you go. And then they kind of got on their own and then parents are gone and whatever. I've been like this. Like I was like, boom, 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 work for free, work, never, you know. And then finally I started questioning myself. I was like, okay, like maybe it is like you got to cheat to get ahead. Maybe it is like you got to screw people over. You know, I'm like, I've been trying to do it the right way. I've been grinding, like I've been doing the good stuff and working for other people. And, and then all of a sudden, Ships came in and it was like zero to a hundred, yeah. right? And now I'm like, wow, this is incredible. But like, we worked really hard and we forestalled the gratification, and I didn't get a lot of successes early. Um, and then all of a sudden, now we're the biggest success. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if you could ask me, like the 20 year old Brian, which would you rather have? Yeah, you know, 25 years of just gradual success, but you're gonna plateau out at about 200k a year, and then you know for the next 40 you'll just kind of drift into 60s, and that'll be it. Good yep, life. Yeah. Or you're gonna bust your ass for five, I mean, ten struggle, years. Yeah. No, no, for 30 years. Yeah. You know, uh, manual labor. You know, humping it, beg, borrow, stealing money until you're into your 40s, and then you're gonna you know get you know get 100 million bucks. Which would you pick? I think I would go with. The second option. Okay. I would. Um, As a 20-year-old. Like, you're going to bust ass for 20 more years, and you're going to hate it, and you're going to want to quit, and you're going to make but some that, really bad decisions. But think about it, right? That's what entrepreneurship is. A million percent. You know? <laughs> well, because right? you have that spirit. Yeah. Right. So uh, I tell people this all the time because a lot of people in my industry, in the real estate invest, investing industry, um, they think that, you know, they if they get out there in the world and, you know, they put out some bandit signs or make some cold calls, that they're going to get a deal in the first month or the first week or the first day. I'm like, brother, I said, if somebody, I said, if somebody would have told me, you know, when I started in real estate, because, you know, to be an entrepreneur, you got to be a little crazy, right? right? If somebody would have said, Carlos, 
you're going to bust your butt for six straight months. Mm -hmm. You're going to put out 2,400 bandit signs. Mm -hmm. Your whole family's going to think you're crazy. You're not going to make a dime. And you're not going to make nothing. You're going to work six months and you're not going to make one dollar. If anything, you're going to spend money. Yeah. Right? I I don't know if if, if I would have said... Uh, sign me up, right? Yeah. But that's what entrepreneurship is. Correct. Entrepreneurship or success, it's literally going from failure to, you know, it's like venture, failure, venture, failure, venture, failure, but you never lose momentum. Right. You know what I mean? You never lose that spirit. Of, well, and all those little missteps, you're you're learning, you're getting better, you're improving, you know, you're making connections, you're you're you're, you're these small little victories, right? Other people. So maybe so, no. so it's it kind of reminds me of um you know, you have some 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 really nice uh, b- meditation beads on. It reminds me of an old Buddhist um, cone that uh, I'm, I've always go back to, which was about an old horse farmer. Mm-hmm. So uh, one day, this horse farmer, uh, a couple of the horses escape, and everyone comes up to him like, "Oh my God, what a tragedy!" And he's like, "Yeah, whatever happens, happens." Yeah. Like, oh wow, that's crazy. This guy's. Pretty... And then uh, some of those horses <laughs> bring back more horses, yeah. and now everyone's like, "Whoa, what a what a fortune!" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah, whatever happens, happens." And then one of those horses I've heard gets... this somewhere. So then one I've of heard those horses somewhere. brings disease back. They all get sick. Mm-hmm. What a tragedy! But oh. then one of the offspring goes on to become a famous world class racehorse, and everyone's like, "What a!" So basically, yesterday's tragedy is today's fortune. Is tomorrow's tragedy? Is today? So it's just hard to pinpoint and say, "Well." Yeah, that was a failure. But then I go, well, wait. You know, had that have been a success, I never would have met this guy. I never would have met absolutely. that person. I never would have got Grant Cardone. Yep, absolutely. Right. When you're in the chaos of the storm, right? Yep. You can't imagine the light at the end of the tunnel. That, right. That's you're not even thinking of. You're just thinking of like, man, how do I survive this? Right. Like, right. how do I overcome this? How right. do I the world get is through ending. this? Yeah. Right. How do I get through yeah. this? I mean, think about what just happened with COVID. Right. Right. Um, what did EXP do? Yeah, let me ask you, what did EXP do when COVID hit in February of 2020? Yeah, great question. I mean, we were literally built for a global pandemic, it turns out. I mean, if you think about what is the essence of the our model, because, again, it transcends real estate in a lot of ways. What, what Glenn and us early you know, uh, uh, pioneers did in those years was we basically leveraged technology. Mm-hmm. So, um, And we didn't have a choice. I mean, it would be nice to, you know, romantic to say, hey, we were- This was a grand plan. We were visionaries. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we were broke, and we couldn't afford offices. Mm-hmm. So Glenn's looking for solutions to how do we- Keep connected. How do we del- now? I could say our early cloud office was probably Yahoo Instant Messenger, right? We would just chat and stay connected. And mm-hmm. so he's growing teams in multiple markets. So he's one of these first sort of expand. So physical bricks and mortar was a challenge for him from the very beginning. For sure. So the cloud office, leveraging technology, it's not unlike, you know, if you look back on any major revolution, it usually started with some form of tech revolution mm-hmm. that led to. You know, cultural or political yep. revolutions, yep. right? But it was this. It was like I'll give you a good example. Like when the printing press came out, you know, for thousands of years, you had to go to the church or the temple to find out what was in the Word of God. You know, what was mm-hmm. the book, mm-hmm. the holy book, the yep. good book. Yep. And then this guy's like, "Well, now we got a printing press. How about we print copies and give them to everybody?" And they're like, "You radical! Yeah, you're a heretic. Mm-hmm. We can't give the Bibles to everybody. That's yeah. insane. It's not I mean, holy." But it was the t- it was the tech. It was the printing press. Absolutely. That was the was the catalyst. So so not unlike that, you know, Glenn was looking around and you know, and he's one of like guys like you, reads every business book, reads every motivational book and you know, the the Tom Hopkins and the Jim Rohns and, and so he's like, Wow, and he was reading some 
e-myth manager or some you know, yeah one of those and he found something about having like a 3d immersive office environment so mm. it wasn't even a cl- cloud wasn't even a term when we launched in 2009 so so we literally launched exp out of the ashes of the last recession so when COVID hit, we were actually already built for a recession. We were we were built for the next downturn. We had you a, were already virtual. You we were, were already, already mobile, working from no, home. No. We, uh, uh, germ-free mm-hmm. global mm-hmm. platform. We didn't miss a beat. As a matter of fact, um, we got lumped into those stay-at-home stocks like Peloton, Netflix, and our stock went through the roof that wow. year. Yeah. So when COVID hit, you know, obviously, you know, I feel bad, and, and you know anyone who's affected and you know i'm a two-time covid survivor so you know i get it um my whole family got it but uh you know covid uh at some level verified our model i mean it legitimized us you know what's crazy is when covid hit uh it it, for in many cases it bankrupted a lot of people a lot of business owners lost their you know for sure right lost their ability shutdowns i mean all of it bars restaurants i mean you name it right yeah um for some crazy reason it was kind of like a slingshot for us okay right like we had some of the most growth ever you know honestly i had some of the most growth ever personally and business-wise yes. with COVID. And I, I believe, I'll, I'll give credit to the fact that we didn't stop moving. What does fear do, right? Fear kind of Paralyzes freezes you, you, right? Exactly. Right. I feel like a lot of people, I vividly remember being upstairs, and it was like February or March, and I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, nobody's working from home. Everybody, you know, you can ask my my brother-in-law. I'm like, nobody's working from home. We're we're coming to work, yeah. and and we're gonna we're gonna see this through. Yeah. You know, everybody's running to the fences. Yeah, all my investor friends that I was talking to, they're like, oh man, we're gonna sit it out for a little bit to see what happens, yeah. right? Like, I'm and buying. I did it, right. <laughs> and I made two phone calls. I called two people, part of my what I call board of advisors, right? Yes. I called two people. And I said, hey, man, how, how do you feel about what's going on in the market? These guys have been through th- one of them through three and the other one through four recessions. Yeah, downturns. Right? Yeah. Downturns, especially. Yeah. They're in the real estate Yeah, experts. they've seen it all. So I made those two phone calls and they're like, and, and these guys are some of my private money guys. Got it. Like, you know, they, yeah. they, they're, um, I have uh, an available, you know, eight figures with them at any given moment. We have right now we have more money than properties. Yeah. So I, I made those two phone calls. And I said, how do you feel? Okay, thank you. That's how I feel. All right. Good. How do you feel? That's so okay, great. All right, all right, guys. We are pressing on the gas. Yeah, and then um, you know it. we 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 did well. You, guys just you know blew we did up well. The last couple of years. And, and don't get me wrong, same thing. You know, like um, we've had our fair share of uh, challenges with COVID. Um, more on the health side, and sure. you know when somebody would get it at the office, it's like everybody is like right. It's like everybody well, can goes I ask test yourself too. Do you think it also helped you reprioritize what was important? Because for me, right before COVID. Man, I don't think we could have been going any harder, right? I was burning hard. We were running hard. I mean, I felt physically bad. I was just like, and all of a sudden, um, I mean, we were doing an event every month. We were probably doing, I was traveling twice That's crazy. a month. I mean, we were yeah. just, I was doing like, I mean, lunch and learn every week, a big event, like, you know, mm-hmm. big event. Yeah. Like $50,000 event every month. Right? Yeah. And we were just burning money, burning crazy. And all of a sudden, COVID hit, and I was like, man, this is like forcing everybody off the hamster wheel. Everybody's having to slow down, you know, spend more time with their families, whether they want to or not, you mm-hmm. know? So I kind of, I sensed that with a lot of people. So some people, like you said, went into their corners and just, you know, can turn into blubbering messes. And some people, like, you know, I kind of took the mindset of, you know, imagine if I got put in prison, right? You know, you either go into prison and you just, 
waist away or you go in and you start doing push-ups and you mm-hmm, start doing pull-ups mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know i was like i'm when they when they let me out of this cage i'm coming out like a lion mm-hmm. that was my mindset you went crazy yeah you went i just hard. started working on myself yeah yeah i love it i love it man so let me ask you this uh by the way because of covid uh i don't know if you saw upstairs but we once had an operation of a lot of bodies we have over 600 employees and I think we only have about 30 to 40 physical bodies out of those 600 plus employees. Wow. All our, all, a lot of our, our companies, are, they're, they're virtual. Yeah. They're virtual. That's smart. So we, and I think for that's the rest, everything's going for the rest of our lives, yeah. like that's how we're going to run our operation. Look, and a lot of good came out of it. I mean, telemedicine, you know, I mean, I, and listen, I let my kids play video games. That was the only way they got to connect with their friends. I mean, yeah. my whole job was to keep them happy, keep them sane. For and sure. That was the biggest challenge was just. You know, having it's, the kids home it's, every day. It's good to see that the world is kind of going back to oh, normal, sure. right? Sure. Like all these different, like everybody's, these 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 states, and we're not going to get too political, right? But these states, a lot of them are actually dropping their mandates. Oh, for sure. Right, which well, is a look, great victory for everybody. I think it's, you know, we're coming out of the other side. Thank sure. God, man. Yeah. It, it was only a matter of time, man. You, you know, we can't. But, but anyway, let's talk about. What is, because you guys, EXP is is uh, revolutionary in the sense that it created what's called an M-E-M-M model. Yeah. Right? What is, like, first of all, what does M-E-M-M stand for and what is it? Yeah, I mean, so, and this, it's funny because, you know, we both sort of have learned this term recently. I mean, we've always been in a multi-economic like monetization, monetization model, model. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, to back up a little bit, and I, I got to give credit to Brandon Dawson, who's Grant Cardone's partner, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I recently had a chance to see him speak about this. And he fa- basically, and what's Brandon's so good at, these are these are data guys, right? Yeah. They're stats. They they have all the information, yep. um, and so they lay it all out, and it makes it really hard to like dispute what they're talking about because they just come with the facts, right? So one of the things they talk about is, you know, out of the 50, 60 million small businesses in in, in the United States, um, something like seventy percent of them have one employee. And that's the business owner. Wow. Right. And and if you think about entrepreneurial and, you know, um, scaling up and, and running a business, if you're the only employee of your business, you don't have a business. Yeah. Because what if something happens to you? You know, we talked earlier about me breaking my hip yep. and not being able to walk for a year. Um, you know, as an independent contractor who was 100% commission, if something, if you're not able to walk, or, you're, you're you know, done. You're done. You're a highly, you're a, you're a highly risky paid business yeah. model. You yeah. know, you're, you're yeah. risk threshold is very very high and so so um you know and and so i just learned at an early age uh in my real estate and certainly my business career that you know you had to think you know glenn taught me this he said there's two types of people in our space the real estate space he said there's real estate people who happen to be doing business and there's business people who Who happen happen to be doing doing real real estate estate. wow right so i'm a business person that happens to be in the real estate space. Yep. And so are you. Same. Right. Yeah. I'm not a real estate guy. No. It's, it's just a vehicle. It's uh, a different it was, mindset yeah. though. So so I approach it, for example, you know, if you if you if you ask a hundred real estate agents if they have an exit strategy or a retirement plan from real estate, nine out of ten are gonna say, What? Like, no, I Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah. They've never thought about it. now. If you ask nine out of ten entrepreneurs, do you have an exit strategy from your business plan? It's it's like In, internal and external. It is the yeah. number one yeah. thing that you get taught yeah. when you go to write a business plan yeah. is how are you going to get out of this get, business? Yeah. Yet in real estate, start with the end in mind. No discussion of it. Yeah. The reason why is because there is no out from sales. They're hustlers. There is no retirement. 
Yeah. You know, in, in most cases, a salesperson is doomed to an eternity of selling. Yeah. And they can never stop. And that's why EXP was created because we really have created a solution to what effectively was the myth of Sisyphus. If you, if you, if you think of that metaphor of that, that guy pushing the rock up the hill and then as soon as he gets close, it rolls back down and he's doing it for mm-hmm. an eternity. Yeah. That's real estate. You sell 10, 20, 30 homes, start over next year. Every, again. yep, yep. Start yep. 10, 20, 30 homes, push that rock up the hill, push that rock up the hill. And by the way, you better hope nothing happens to your hands or your feet. You better hope you don't want to take a weekend or two off, go travel for a month, because guess what? You can never stop. And we're not good investors. We're not good savers. We don't pay our taxes. So real estate agents were struggling. And yeah. that's why we created EXP. So now we have given agents the ability to effectively create financial freedom through just being a real estate agent, selling mm-hmm. houses, interacting with other real estate people. They can now earn stock from, from our publicly traded company. So mm-hmm. as they're selling houses, they can earn stock and they can build up that, I call it their real estate 401k. Got it. It doesn't exist anywhere else. Yep. Okay. And so back to the MEM, multiple economic monetization model is basically the ability to multiply people. So, so Brandon Dawson would say you can't get rich. Studies, stats will show you cannot get rich without being a part of a system mm-hmm. that allows you to multiply people. Wow. That's what EXP is. I love it. Well, uh, are you guys the first of are you guys the first real estate agency um, brokerage? Yep. With the MEMM model. For, well, so yes, I mean, at some level, our model is is. A great model that you could run this model on a lot of industries. So again, what do we do? We took technology, cut the fat out of real estate. What was the fat? It was bricks and mortar offices. Mm-hmm. Nobody was using offices. Very expensive. Not very easily to monetize. Okay, yeah. uh, unless you're running like a boiler room call center type thing. Go into a go into a Sotheby's on a Saturday morning. I mean, most of them aren't even open on weekends anymore. Yeah, right? which is crazy because that's yeah. like. The, 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 the day, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so go into any real estate office on any day and see how many people are in there kicking butt doing real estate. It's not going to be no, too many. Yeah, no. Because the ones that are kicking butt are out there. Out in the field. Right. Yeah. So we figured that out really early. We got rid of real estate and we got, got rid of the bricks and mortar. And then we took that savings, if you will, and we started giving back the agents money through revenue share. Got it. So if you helped us grow, you brought in a couple friends. And by the way, you always, in any industry, there's people you want to work with. Absolutely. Well, in the past, you didn't have the ability to work with anybody. Mm-hmm. You could barely provide for yourself. Yep. I couldn't afford to give you business and help you, right? I'm, I'm trying to feed my own kids. For sure. Then out at EXP, if you and I like each other, I say, hey, come work at EXP. I don't have to provide you leads. I don't have to support you. You just come join EXP. And then I get a little piece of your commission, but it's not from your side. It's what the company... Every other brokerage just keeps that money. EXP shares some of their money with me. So you actually get paid to recruit. Yes. To help oh, the company grow. Yeah. Right? And I don't it's have a great to model. do it. Huh. And and then I also get stock for already doing what I'm already doing, which is selling houses. So the stock, so the way I describe it to people, Carlos, is I say, sales is transactional. Okay? You're the, uh, you're the key ingredient. Mm-hmm. If I take you out of the transaction, you don't get the sale. Mm-hmm. You don't get the money. Yeah. Okay? Stock and and passive income, those are transformational, right? Those are wealth building. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one's, one's a low form of income, earned income, and the other two are wealth building transformational tools. Yeah. Well, and, and you're telling me I get these from just doing this. Yeah. Selling, so, so I get stock from selling houses and I get 
and I get passive income from interacting with real estate agents, which is what I do for a living already. That's a great thing. Wow. So now I'm building wealth, but my activity is the same. Yeah. It's just the model's better. Um, let me ask you this. You recently, um, I don't know who recruited, but I isn't uh, Elena Cardone Elena part Cardone? of uh, EXP now? Absolutely, yeah. Well, how did that whole thing go down? It's a it's a long, long I've seen story. Her, I know, maybe keep, have me back. Uh, yeah, on I've another. seen her. I've seen her repping EXP just about everywhere. You know, the real cool story is, and maybe we can dovetail this into sort of the manifesting conversation. But I have a partner named Haas Pratt. Haas Pratt, and I think I think you know Haas, or maybe you've met Haas, uh, or know of Haas, but uh, he's a total manifester. I mean, this guy would send out his books to like every famous person he knew, and then eventually, like now he's like partners with them or he's friends with them. I mean, he's like an, he, you know, people know who he was. He yeah. would just send out his books like they were like little seeds from the future. He's like yeah. kind of like would you call it like giftology? You know, totally giftology, right? Yeah. right. At yeah. some point. You and I, we're going to be partners. This is a gift from the future, right? It was yeah. almost like this cosmic thing. Yeah. Well, one of those people was Tarek El Musa. Okay. So, yeah, from, I know Tarek. You know, same yeah. space as you, yep. Flipper, you know, big, uh, big HGTV star. And so uh, he had sent a book to Tarek. I think at some point, you know, he had uh, Tarek, uh, you know, paid him to like, you know, endorse his book or something like that, right? Got so, it. So he kind of became friends and he always would say, I'm going to get Tarek over. I'm going to get Tark over. So we ended up getting Tark. That led to another person that we ended up getting over named Lisa Copeland. Lisa knew Grant Cardone from her car dealer days. So wow. Lisa was um, the number one car dealer, female car dealer in America. She brought Fiat to the United States. So she has an amazing background in car yeah, dealer. Yeah, yeah. So we brought her in. She went under Tark. Then we're like, we got to get, get on the phone with Grant. So funny little side story. I don't know if anybody knows this, but like um, we originally had a call scheduled between Tarek and Grant. And this was a year plus ago. This was probably a year and a half ago. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so we're all on the call. We're sitting there. We're waiting. Grant doesn't get on the call. It's Jared. We're all just Glenn, like, yeah. oh, man, where's Grant? And now Tarek's kind of like a little snubbed. He's not feeling like the love. Like you, you sent your... You know, yeah, your right hand person, or yeah, 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 and all of a sudden we get the the gatekeeper. So the call didn't go anywhere. Tark's upset. We'll come to find out later. Now that it's all, you know, everything's great. Um, he was actually filming Undercover Billionaire, and he couldn't be on, but he couldn't tell anybody, so we had no idea, Got so it. he couldn't say. So it's all good now. So he was, was really undercover. He was totally <laughs> right? undercover billionaire. Yeah. So then a couple months later, um, funny enough, and again, kind of the advent of a new technology was Clubhouse had just come out. So yep. so the Clubhouse app. This was uh, around January 2021, right? Yeah. It got really Janu hot, December, January. Very beginning of 2021, yep. absolutely. Yep. January 21, 20. Um, all of a sudden – and I and Lisa was doing like breakfast with champions and all of a sudden Grant was on and then all of a sudden one day I get wake woken up by Chrissy my wife and she goes Brian you got to get on Clubhouse and by the way I was like suffering from like computer sensitivity disorder I'm like I need another app like I need another hole in my head right yeah, yeah. and so I'm like all right I'll get on this thing and like I didn't even want them to call on it's me, dreadful by the way well, I was like, on, I was on Clubhouse for two months and it's and it's addicting and all of a sudden like you get called on and it's five in the morning and I got a scratchy voice and I'm like uh, what so anyways Grant and Glenn are having a conversation so Glenn Sanford who's the uh, founder of EXP mm -hmm. right uh, I've been working with Glenn for 17 years mm -hmm. and um, and uh, and Grant and they're having a conversation and all of a sudden Grant goes Glenn if there's anything I can do to help you grow EXP you let me know you're like you don't I'm like, say. I'm like ding 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 ding. I'm yeah. like, did he just say that? Hold on. Uh, uh, uh. So I immediately called Lisa, and I'm like, we gotta get these guys on the phone. Yeah. And this is a good little side note for 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 you young hustlers out there. 
when you're trying to connect two big dogs, okay, sometimes you got to be smart enough to get out of the equation. Mm -hmm. All right. So, I mean, we had gotten the call set up, you know, Lisa's working with Grant. I'm working with Glenn, you know, two billionaires. We're trying to land these two jumbo jets on the same runway. And, uh, we finally get them on the call and Lisa's like, what time are we getting on the call? And I'm like, you and I aren't getting on the call. We just got to let these guys talk. Mm -hmm. And she goes, well, Glenn, Grant's going to want a deal. And I go, well, then he's going to have to ask Glenn himself. Mm-hmm. Right, because if I I just knew Glenn, I knew that you know if I ran in there and said, "Hey, Grant," well, he's gonna be like, "Get him out!" I don't, and we're not working, you know, mm. no deal. Yeah, but I knew if I could get these guys on the phone and just let them talk and become buddies, and Kinda, who knows yep. where it could go from there. Yeah. So I said, Lisa, we're not getting on the call. Let them talk. So then, and Glenn, and Glenn is a you know he's very stoic. You know, he's uh, very cerebral. You know, um, you know he's just not a man of many words. He doesn't waste a lot of breath right so he doesn't necessarily call me right after and tell me how the call went i'm like well how did it go mm -hmm. you know and he's like well um i think i'm uh, gonna be on undercover billionaire or maybe uh even speaking at uh, GrowthCon." and i'm like and yeah because all i'm you know i'm interested yeah. in recruiting right? yeah is yeah, yeah. Be in my downline yeah. and then glenn is the ultimate closer by the way so i kind of was hoping glenn could close grant so the really, and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's it. He's in. He's <laughs> in. It. No, no, that's it. There was no more like, oh, and he's going to okay. join. There was no. Yeah, it's like I agreement. might be an undercover billionaire, yeah. and I might be at GrowthCon. And yeah. I'm like, okay, great for you, but like, what about us? Yeah. Well, anyways, a couple months after that, or not even maybe 30 days, um, I get a call from Glenn, and he goes, so I have it on good notice that Elena Cardone is going to get her real estate license, and she's putting Lisa Copeland as her sponsor. And I called Lisa and I called Haas and I'm just like, ah. and so, so then it was kind of interesting because again, now the cat was kind of getting out of the bag. Grant's being very vocal about EXP. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh my God, I think Grant Cardone. And, and then they started saying, oh, and I know who recruited him. And we're all like, that's not who, you know, like the people were claiming credit and we couldn't say anything because we were kind of like under a little bit of an NDA, right? For you sure. Know? But it was just a really cool time. And then uh, she literally had to go get her license 30 days before GrowthCon. Yeah. So the first major event post-COVID shutdown, right, Miami. She's yeah. like, you know, center stage. Didn't they do it at the, like a stadium or something? Well, they, the year before, they did it at um, Marlins Marlin stadium. stadium. Yeah, he sold out. He parachuted in. But so this was the they were only a couple of 3,000 people this time because they kept it small for COVID. But point is she had a million other things to do yeah you know but here she is not a great test taker not a great student raises her hand says someone needs to go get their license because the reality is grant it would have been a conflict it would conflict right if he had his license and then was trying to raise money yep, for deals yep, and yep, yep. so lady's like i'll go and no. so she went and did it knocked it out passed her test and now she's got about 500 people in her downline <laughs> in less than a year and that's uh, residual for her. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, if you figure everybody's worth about a thousand, that's about a half a million a year in residual. But she's not doing it for that, right? I mean, they're billionaires. She sees EXP as the ultimate vehicle for her to help more people. Yeah. You know, if you really boil down what, similar to what you do for a living, right? If and you ask me, what do I do for a living? I think of myself as a collector and cultivator of success stories. Mm. So I collect, and I help cultivate. Right. Um, Grant made a comment. Not too long ago. So there's no, there's a limit to how many cars you can sell. There's a limit to how many houses we can flip. There's a limit to how many, you know, whatever, whatever iPhones I can sell in a month. But there's no limit on the amount of success you can bring about in other people. Wow. 
And that's his business. It's, it's creating success in others. And what happens when you help other people? You become the ultimate success. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the I, fa- or it's the fastest way to be successful yeah. is to help other people be successful. Absolutely. Uh, well, man, that's then a great... What did I say yeah. at the beginning? You go, hey, you don't have a brand. I go, well, I'd rather help you build your brand. Yep. 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 Yeah. And, and your brand will just take care of itself, right? Yeah. I don't even know um, what my brand is yet. Right. So uh, let's get into the next topic, which yeah. is, you know, I, I see that you're building a house in Sedona. Yeah. We're surrounded by all kinds of different crystals. Yeah. Right. Where, where did this all start? Like your spirituality, like where did that start for you? Was it like something that you inherited from your parents maybe, right? Early programming and conditioning or- Are we, are we keeping it real on here? Yeah. Is this something that's going to get edited in and out? So on mm. my 21st birthday, my mom and dad told me something. I think it was actually might have been part of my present. And they said, Brian, you were conceived on an acid trip. Oh. Well, yeah, maybe so I got that going for me. That's beautiful. Which is nice. It's but I don't know thing. how that would affect one's DNA. <laughs> I'm also an Aquarius. Grew up as the son of hippies. But my mom was very into like all that stuff. Actually, when I went to college, she gave me um, one of my two, two of my, I still have them, two of the best books I, I ever had was a yoga book. Mm-hmm. These are like from the 70s. I mean, these mm-hmm. are ancient. And a, a Garden of Eden book. And the Garden of Eden book is like a biological cookbook on every herb, nature, like healing, yeah. potion, polstice. So I'm all about that stuff, man. I mean, I, it's, it's in my DNA for sure. But, um, but also, because of my injuries and my health struggles, I really went deep down a biohacking Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's really what's brought it all full circle for me let's uh let, let, let's talk about some of your you know most recent uh challenges yeah you know um because a lot of success thank god business wise right yeah um you know you have uh you are a rare breed these days as an entrepreneur because uh there's like a 70 something or 80 like 75 to 80 percent divorce rate right mm. you're married yeah right um and if you don't mind me asking that's yeah your, is that your only wife Yes. Okay, good. Good for you, right? First and uh, only. Good for you. Good for you. So let me ask you this. Um, how do you try to balance a lot of that, you know, the home life with the busy, busy? Sure, and we work together. Okay. And we've been working together since I talked her out of being a nurse yeah. 17 years yeah. ago. Um, yeah, you know, um, I'll tell you what. It's a never-ending struggle. For sure. You know, I mean, do we f- we fight? Like yeah. everybody else, yeah. uh, we have arguments. Well, you have disagreements. Disagreements, yeah. um, and we'll fight. Uh, but 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 less and less over the years. I mean, it's, it used to be you know stupid stuff. I think part of it is I've learned. Here's a great phrase, and this works with relationships, partnerships, children, etc. Parents. Um, my wife and I say this to each other a lot. I say, the best thing I can do for you is to continue to work on me, and the best thing you can do for me is to continue to work on you, mm. right? Because so often we want to work on each other. Mm-hmm. You need to do this. Yeah, I need you got to fix exactly. that. Here's yeah. what he, you know what Carlos needs to do. Carlos needs to, you know, and I'm blabbering about it to my mom and I'm telling all my friends what Carlos is doing wrong mm-hmm. and this and that. By the way, we also learned early on in our relationship, and, and maybe it's because we didn't learn this in earlier relationships, but like don't go home and blab to your family like when you have a fight about, you know, with your spouse or significant other because yeah. – they only hear the fight stuff. They don't get to hear the makeup, pillow talk, and the no. back tickle mm-hmm. later, and mm-hmm. they don't get all that. So and all they do everybody's is store angry. up negative yeah. feelings yeah. towards your significant other. Yep. So I would suggest not 
you know, keep, venting. Keep to, your dirty to, laundry in the house. Don't share your dirty laundry about your relationship with other people because then they're just going to look at you and they're going to hold you to it. Even if you evolve out of it, they're yeah. going to hold your other person. They're going to tell you, hey, they're no good for you. Um, and so that was something we picked up early on. And then the other piece was, you know, I just, if things are going wrong, it's probably just because, you know, I didn't do the work that day. And it really does come down to daily. I mean, if I, you know, if I don't do my breath work and my cold plunge and give mm -hmm. my workout or my meditation, I'm a, I'm a son of a bitch. You're a different person. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm a mean dude. I've realized that. Uh, well, about myself, <laughs> by the way, not you. <laughs> uh, Who I, told I, you? Yeah, I know, no, no. Um, I, I've realized that, um, you know, like uh, like I was saying earlier, I lost, you know, lost my pops um, last week. Even though I didn't grow up with him, you know, there was still some subconscious emotional Cosmic. attachment. Yeah, million, for sure, million, right? Million, million. And I was having a little bit of an off day on Sunday, and it was Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Right? And uh, I'm like, man, I really got to turn this around. So I was doing my absolute When did best. your dad pass away, by the way? Was it on Sunday? Wednesday. Because my dad passed away on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, my God. That's weird. All right. That, that the, okay, so I celebrated it's, it, it, every I'm, Super Bowl I'm like, weekend. it's your the way that your folks have passed on is yeah. very ironic, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, your grandfather, you know, you know, you know what I mean? This. Hold on, Packers, Steelers, um, Super Bowl Sunday, halftime. He had been fighting, you know, 75% brain dead. You know, we were kind of getting ready to, you know, like take him off of life support. And he just let go at halftime, and I'm convinced because he just didn't want to see another fucking Super Bowl Packers win. <laughs> did he hate the? Oh, he's a Bears, Bears fan, fan, right? Yeah, he's a Bears fan. It, it yeah, in the family. Yeah. So he did not want to see the Packers win. So he's like, "I'm out of here." Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, man. Uh, wow. <laughs> well, um, so anyway, um, but tell me, yeah, ba so ba back to what you. What were you dealing with? Back to you, yeah, right? No, no, so, no, no, no. No, go through it because yeah. we we have a lot in common. That's so a lot, a lot of people, a lot. It, it, where we are or where we're headed or the yeah. things that we're aware of now compared to 90 something percent of people out there they can't even pinpoint and and bring that to awareness of like man i'm having an off day because of more than likely this this and this and this yeah so what happens right with a lot of folks is they store all that and then they store that and they store it and they store it and they store it and then you know it, it becomes it shows up as pain it, be, it becomes a, a really physical really hard burden for sure a lot of it's mental but it's the mental becomes physical and by the way some of it's ancestral mm -hmm. like you're you get ancestral uh trauma yeah i'll give you a good uh, at least this is what i think i'm irish right or i've got some irish uh DNA in me, right? And um, you know, the Irish suffered from a huge famine, like a almost like it wiped out the whole Irish island, right? Mm -hmm. And so a few of them escaped, but there was like tons and tons of plague and famine, and for for like decades, right? It was bad, and then they escaped and got, came over to America. But but like I feel like I'm I'm like a hoarder in some weird way. Like I like collect things, and I I caught myself, and now I have a whole thing where I have like poor brain, rich brain. It's not rich dad, poor dad. It's Rich poor, brain, poor, poor brain. Man. I like right? that. Yeah. And uh, I had a poor brain my whole life. And um, so I would like carry around. I was going through my sock drawer. You're going to love this. I was going through my sock drawer. And this wasn't that long ago. It was a couple of years ago. And uh, I had socks in there from college. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what the? And, I, and I, you know what? In, in the back of my mind, you want to hear how sick I am? I said, if the shit hits the fan, I've got a little apocalypto in me. I'm like, if shit ever hits the fan and I got to burn this for fuel. I'll keep it for <laughs> 
Yeah. That's craziness. Yeah. Like that's like, like psychotic. Yeah. But I think some of that is it has comes been passed from that down. Genetic right? yeah. squirreling away for like a disaster, you know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Possibly. All right. So back to some of the challenges, right? Yeah. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've had in the last three to five years, man? Yeah, I mean, dealing with my mortality and my health. You know, losing what, what does my that father like? yeah. and breaking my hip in the same year, you know, 11 years ago. This, how, how do you break your hip? Yeah, I mean, that was a... Uh, Did you, like, I fall? I fell off a mountain. I was trying to be smart, cute on a mountain bike and just kind of... It wasn't very romantic, uh, just being yeah. an idiot. But I, I fell pointer, you know, I was overweight. It was a bad bike. It was stupid. But I ended up breaking the ball off my femur. Oh. And that was a, they call it the granddaddy all bone break. So I couldn't put weight on it. They tried to save it. So my entire 300 pounds was resting on basically a screw. So I couldn't put any weight on it or it would have broken it. And, you were uh, in constant pain. Oh, dude, I couldn't get out of bed for a month. I, I, if I had to go to bed in the middle of the night, I'd have to wake up my wife and be like, can you help me out? And, um, and then I couldn't walk for nine months. I mean, I lost, you know, I mean, everything just went to hell. When was this? Uh, 11 years ago. 11 years so ago. we were uh we just had our first kid pregnant with our second kid uh we still hadn't made it you know we were still struggling you know financially so it was came a out a bad time it came at a bad time but what i ended up doing was i turned that story into my million dollar story because that story was the cautionary tale that i used to recruit seventy five thousand people with so can you what does that look like? Break well, that down. Well, because here's the deal. If you don't have passive income, if you if you don't have money showing up when you can't, man, you better, you know, cross your fingers that you can always show up. Damn. I mean, it's that simple. There there's a message for some people out and there listening. By the way, like yeah. life, you know, reality is out there trying to stop you every way it can. I mean, it's like uh there's an old line in um uh uh it's Don Juan Carlos Castaneda, Yaquay Indian. Death is always waiting around the corner for the warrior's energy to wane. So literally, death is waiting around every corner yeah. for you to just just let your attention down a little bit. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and you know how you know how I'm right? It's that when you're listening to music, you're jamming, you're getting ready to pull out, and oh, dump truck, you know, and you're like, whoo, man, that was a close one, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, and that's it. Death is waiting around every corner for the warrior's energy to wane. So. You know, just keep your energy up. Yeah, I love it. Because the life is working against you. Yeah. Nature works against you. Um, so out of that biggest challenge came a huge lesson. Yes. Right? Uh, which is, you know what? I got to build something that if this ever happens again, I am not in this situation. That's correct? right. Yes. And sometimes people have to go through, you know, through that kind of a struggle, yeah. right? It's like eye-opening. It, it's eye-opening. It's life-changing. Uh, it, it changes the entire trajectory of your, you know, where, whatever, wherever your life was headed. Dude, I thought I was invincible. I was, you know, you eating what doing, I want. Yeah. I was drinking what I want. I didn't care about anything. I had no, you know, I was a college athlete, man. I could do whatever. And uh, boom, all of a sudden, lose my dad. Can't walk. Can't even carry my baby up the stairs. You know, there's yeah. a little baby out in the audience right now. Yeah. I couldn't even carry my son upstairs, and I'm like, "What kind of father are you?" How did how did you um how did you guys overcome that? You and the wife. Well, it's just uh, I sought out a lot of coaching. Wow. Um, Wim Hof, cold yep. plunging. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, some of it was just instinctive. Um, you know, I didn't have a choice. I've, I I felt like I was dying. Um, I was holding my baby daughter, and I'd go, "Man, 
She's so cute. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh my God, she's so gorgeous. Oh my God, some other asshole is going to raise her. You know, and I just couldn't shake that feeling for like a good year. Yeah. And finally, I was like, man, I got to do something about this. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, we talked about some of your (laughs) biggest challenges, right? What are some of the biggest victories, man, in the last couple of years? I know, obviously, you guys kind of blew up as of recent, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the obvious victories. Um, Biggest victories. You know, it's seeing my leaders stepping up this year. You know, Mm -hmm. my wife and I decided last year, we set our intention to make this year the year of leadership. 2022 or 2021? 2022, the year of leadership. Got it. And so for me, right, like I can't be the only one that's successful for my business to be successful. For sure. Right, if I'm in the business of creating success in others, I can't be the only one that's successful. Yeah. So seeing a lot of my leaders now actually stepping, not even stepping up, like achieving the dream. Bro, yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, becoming millionaires and, you know, uh, getting financial freedom. And so just, you know, you know, it's like one little win here, one little win there, but like the sum total of seeing this, you know, is it's overwhelming. I love it. Honest with you, that's a good victory. Yeah, right. Having making other people uh, around you successful, right? Yeah. Um, Okay, let me ask you. This This is something that we always ask every uh, guest on the show: is what is some of the best advice that you can give to someone out there listening that's either an aspiring entrepreneur or an active entrepreneur? Uh, that has, you know, big dreams, real big goals. Well, okay. Yeah. Dream big. Yeah. So let's say, let's assume they're all big dreamers, right? So yeah. that's number one. Because if you don't have a big enough dream, nobody's going to follow you. Mm-hmm. Okay. People want to be, you got to dream big enough to where, you know, people will give up their dreams to come help you build yours. I love it. Right. I love um, it. And, and, and how do you, and, and, and the ability to dream big is actually not, I don't think that's an innate talent. You actually have to learn that. And how do you learn that? Well, you got to surround yourself with people that are dreaming bigger mm-hmm. than you are. Mm-hmm. And so I think by proxy, if you surround yourself with people who are where you want to go, you're just going to get there faster. By default. Yeah, by yeah. default. I and love you're, even, you're going to figure out where you want to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's in some cases, and by the way, Carlos, I think that's what holds most people back is they don't even know what the mission is. Yeah. So they're just rudderless. Yeah. Now, once you get clear on the mission, well, then the work starts. But at least you're, at least like Glenn, or Grant says, at least you know what the target is. Yep. You know, he said when he met Elena, he's 50% of the way home. She didn't, she, she wasn't 50%, but he was 50%. Now he's, now he knows what his target is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Before he met Elena, he didn't know what his target was. That makes sense. So it's just like in life or business, figure out what your target is and then just put in the work and I it'll happen. It. I love it. Yeah. How can people reach you, brother? Brian at exp realty.com or what about uh, uh your uh, meet, Instagram handle meet Colhane.com. it's got all my stuff that's my link tree meet Colhane.com. uh IG handle uh just, Brian Colhane. how do you spell Colhane? C-U-L-H-A and just for folks out Brian there. with an I yeah for those that are listening on the radio well uh man brother thank you yeah, so much man. you Thanks actually you in. You dropped a lot of uh, a lot of game, a lot of knowledge, man. Well, I'm, I'm going to say something complimentary about you. You know, I mean, it's shocking that you're only in your early 30s. I mean, you are an old soul. You're a wise person. I think a lot of that has to do with probably losing your dad or not having a, you know, you, you probably had to grow up fast. I grew up really fast. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're really, you're more like a 50-year-old. I am. Yeah. No. Mentally. I mean, I can feel that. I am. You know, and I, now physically in some yeah, ways. Physically. Yeah, physically. <laughs> 
yeah. well, you still got the baby face, man. Yeah. So you're doing Thank right. you. Yeah. Thank you, man. But 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 I mean, it's it's really impressive, and the fact that you know, when, and I actually was first introduced to you through some of your staff, and they are just, and I can tell a lot about a person by the way, you know, the people that work with them look at look at them, and Thank I, can, you. I can just tell everybody that you work with. I mean, is just enamored with you, and is really Thank you, brother. You. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, we uh, you know, we 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 really love people. You got a great just culture. Like you. Yeah. yeah, we love people, and no. uh, we love to see people. Uh, grow also. Yeah, so. no, I feel that. And that's why yeah. I think we connect and we're going to do some big things together. God I don't willing. know what, but yep. we'll figure we're it out. We're putting that right? intention out there. Let's do it. Yes, Let's sir. do some All right. big things together. All right. Well, guys, thank Let's you so much. Let's go buy the for... Cardinals. Oh, man. You know what? Uh, so I'm looking for a house in Sedona. You're building a house in Sedona, right? Uh, I can't wait to see what that looks like. Yeah, too, brother. I'm going to be up there uh, pretty frequently. Bring your crystals. Yeah. It's on 13 acres right next to Red Rock State Park. There you go. Uh, on the oak creek yeah so we'll do some cold plunging we'll you and some... i should do some sound healing soon sound healing we can howl uh, at the moon whatever you want to do man. I, I don't know if you know this but i go up there like once a week so uh okay. i'm gonna have to you know dude, see what, what see what wait. it looks like for just you just wait okay and, and dude we're building a house up in troon it's gonna have a cold plunge sauna all of it that's amazing we're gonna do some amazing. training man beautiful all right guys mr uh, brian colhane and uh stick around for you know next week guys i don't know if we're gonna have a guest or not but today's guest was absolutely amazing so brother thank you. for this not being your thing Yay. you know thanks thank you so much for being here today man thanks thank you